Blog Talk Radio. Silence League. I'm Reverend John St. Germain of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, broadcasting bringing you another episode. Five episodes. Good gosh. I remember when I first started this, people said, Are you going to be able to uh, talk for an hour uh, and, and keep that up for a year? And we're in, what, year five now of the show? I think. And, I still haven't run out of things to say. Um, come back in about a minute, and we shall uh, commence our talk about the uh, four branches of crystallomancy. See you in just about a minute. Well, actually, let's not let's not take a musical break. We need we should just go right into this. We have a lot to cover tonight, actually, and we don't really need a break, do we? We'll just dive right in. Um, we're getting snow here. Are you getting snow where you are? Some of you listen around the world, so you're probably getting like earthquakes and volcanoes and uh, tsunamis and all sorts of stuff. But we're getting snow here. And in the south, when you get snow, if you get half an inch of snow, everybody goes to the store and buys all the bread and milk and duct tape and water. And uh, then a day and a half later, the snow melts off because one day will be. 17 degrees and the next day will be 75 and after that you're on your roof getting a suntan and then what do you do with all that milk and bread it's a very interesting dilemma but everyone does they they run screaming ah oh, everything we know and love is coming to an end it's the apocalypse and then uh, of course it never is uh, it's, it's always kind of touching to see how the south reacts to snow but we're getting a little bit and uh, a little snow, a little rain, a little slush. And when that happens, we're uh, glad to be inside when that occurs. We always pray for those that are in that get two inches or three inches of snow because, oh, my gosh, what did they do? They, they must run out of bread and milk quite a bit, quite a bit. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the um, a little bit more about the projective branch. And we're going to talk about the uh, inductive branch, which is uh, receptive, how to receive that which you ask for. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the um, Herkimer diamond quartz, which is not really a diamond. It's just called a Herkimer diamond quartz. It's not that it's expensive. If you go out and buy a diamond the size of a Herkimer diamond, <laughs> you, it, it would be like that thing Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, the Kohenor, is that what it was? It but um, before that, let me tell you that the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of sending out a projecting positive affirmation and prayer to all of the acolytes of the Crystal Silence League, all the deacons, and all the members would pray for each other, creating a network of prayer that circled the globe. When he passed into the silence around 1954, the League went with him until about 2007 or so, when adepts 
of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches brought it back to life on the interweb, where you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, you will find us indeed. So uh, if you go there, there's lots of things. There's an archived newsletter that I used to edit, and we haven't really edited that newsletter in a long time, but we do have the archive. You can find links to the episodes, and um, you can also find links to these episodes, including a broadcast on my website, which is uh, www.johnsg.com, J-O-N-S-G.com, like John St. Germain. And um, uh, just all over the place. We post them on Facebook and everywhere. People say, oh, how do you all listen to this? Well, Facebook. Go to the website. Go to the Lucky Mojo Forum. Um, go to Blog Talk. Look for, do a web search for Crystal Silence Radio. You'll, you'll find it. You sure will. And it's our custom since uh, we started this show five years ago or so to read aloud some of the prayers that we get. We get one to 200 prayers a week at the uh, Crystal Silence League prayer page. I can't read them all. I'd be reading them 24 hours a day. Even as I am talking to you, we have received new prayers. So what I'm going to do is uh, read aloud uh, the prayers and ask you to uh, pray along with me. And uh, so I just refresh the page, and there are uh, 10 new prayers in between the time I logged on at the beginning of the show and uh, the time I've come here. So we, we, we these. So let's start, shall we? And uh, many of us pray with crystal balls and send our prayers out to spirit via the crystal ball. Prayer ID 90377, who says, um, I want to thank everyone for their prayers. And she says, I, I posted a prayer several months ago after finding out I was pregnant. In. At that time, my marriage was in shambles. I wanted a divorce, and although I was blessed to be a child, I was not happy about this pregnancy because financially, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I was not ready for another child. However, I asked for prayers for the health of my child and my marriage. Crystal Silence League prayed and prayed, and on January 11th, I gave birth to a healthy baby girl, so thank you all. Well, gosh, you're welcome. Prayer work. It does work. Prayer who says, let us pray for the sick, that the Lord gives their loved ones comfort and strength. We need continued prayers for everyone fighting addictions, families are broken, and we need to heal our family structure. Families facing divorce, financial struggles, and constant attacks need our prayers. Marriage is sacred under God, and the enemy wants to break this bond. We need to pray that families stay together and children's Respect their parents and elders. Amen. We have prayer ID 90374. Who prays? O Lord, send me your angels to develop my talents, get a good health, thanks for recovery, to succeed at my audition, singing, 11-19-19 on America's Got Talent. Oh, wow. To America's Got Talent, a favorable response to keep my job at on and be in good standing to help my father and his legs and my mom. Amen. Look forward to seeing you there. I have your name. I know who you are. I will look for you. Prayer ID. When is that? Uh, oh, it's on the 19th, so you've already been there. I'll, I'll go look you up. Prayer ID 90373. Let's all be grateful for the abundance or little we have and know there are more blessings to come if we live our life being kind, no matter the people across our path. This year we will live a life of peace and joy by changing thoughts and life choices. As the Lord said, be slow to anger, stop gossip, and treat others how we want to be treated. Well, amen to that. Prayer ID 9072. Who prays for protection from plots, lies, deception, attacks, and harm, and all evil for our being family. And she says, there is faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wicked. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Father, lip a stand of any kind for our and family. Father, raise your powerful voice. Split asunder the souls and spirits of evil ones. Break power of evil by your mightiness. 
blow back all plots, lies, and attacks upon the enemy. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel. In Jesus' name, amen. That's someone who knows how to pray. Friday 90370, who wants to be healed of his chronic cough. Lord, please heal me and give me relief from this terrible cough. I can hardly talk or sleep. I need your healing touch. Send Archangel Raphael to take it away. I love you and thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. There's strep going around. Strep is awful. My entire house had it a few weeks ago. Prayer ID 90369. That's the same prayer. They posted it twice. Posting a prayer twice won't get you prayed for, by the way. Prayer ID 90368. She's praying for her husband's court case tomorrow. And uh, this was set today, so this is indeed tomorrow, Wednesday, January 22nd, is her husband's court case. So these prayers are coming in time. Sometimes we'll pray for these and it's too late. They'll say, you know, pray for me tomorrow and it will be, you know, um, you know, or it was yesterday, and uh, I don't know that our prayers can go back in time. I don't know. I guess anything is possible. So we pray for her husband. May he be protected. May the public defender do an outstanding job defending him. Let it be resolved quickly and in his favor. Amen. <clears throat> and prayer ID 90367, who prays that DNA will break up immediately and stay permanently broken up. Amen. You always wonder about the stories behind those. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a sad and a dramatic story. Prayer ID 90366 who says, my husband needs a job quickly. Job if possible. Amen. Prayer ID 95 who says, please St. Espedy, I come to my case to be closed and reinstated back at work. I've been placed in another office, which is very far and hard to get to. I just want to be back at my job. I also pray for F to give me a decision about my October grievance. Please pray, please prayer family, pray for me and those these job issues to be alleviated. Need help. Thank you. Gosh, prayer ID nine zero three six four. Who pray. This is someone different, too. God's grace and mercy for allegations against myself and family members. This problem seems to have spiritual sources from our village. Please pray for me and all family members who are being unjustly accused of human trafficking. This starts out jealousy and is all blown out of proportion with conspiracies all over. Amen. There's a lot of legal stuff in there tonight. Prayer ID 90363. Asking to be on a prayer list, no electricity, no water, and if things don't change, my car will be down. My brother will have his repossessed. Mom was supposed to start working after recovering from an injury tomorrow, and the power was cut. Just too much stress. Amen. And we have prayer ID 90361. I need to lose over 30 pounds. Please pray for me to have the strength and willpower. Thank you. And prayer ID 90360. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to the program, the person posted the prayer, uh, contact me, and I will send you a free audio file. Now, I don't want to be inundated by uh, requests because this is how I make my living, but this one person... Prayer ID 90361. If you'll contact me, I'll send you a audio file of my weight loss hypnotism CD. Just you contact. I'll know who you are. I have your name here. I have your picture. I know who you are. So don't, I don't want to get 50 requests for this, okay? But prayer ID 90360. And pray for the surgeons performing my daughter's surgery that they are successful. Amen. And our last prayer. Prayer ID 90358. I wish to ask for prayer so that the court date hearing for my home is moved to allow us to pay what is owed. Move from the February 6th, 20th to April at least. Amen. And this is someone different. Good God Almighty. Help us all. Let's have a moment of prayer for all those in need 
of comfort and support, financial remediations, and a stay of forbearance for foreclosures and repossessions. Well, every week we feature a crystal, and I try to find interesting ones for you. We we do deal with the uh, amethyst and rose quartz and adventuring, uh, and ones that you can find in the uh, um, the bin at um, your local rock shop, where you just reach in and grab a handful, and you know they get a bag, and there's a bin of tumbles, right? And you fill the bag for ten dollars or five dollars or whatever, and so. A lot of it is dyed howlite. You know, it's just howlite that's been dyed for colors. But some, some you get a venturine and rose quartz and uh, rock crystal and uh, amethyst and a few things like that thrown in, in there. Uh, lots of forms of quartz. Sometimes you get citrine and things like that. We try to get very interesting ones, some unusual ones. And this week we have the Herkimer diamond. And the Herkimer diamond is not really a diamond. If it were, uh, a lot of people be rich because you find them everywhere but this is a very pure form of um, quartz uh, in Herkimer County New York which is um, where it's found principally although it's found in a lot of different places that's where it's mostly found uh, it's a very clear quartz. it's free of bubbles free of occlusions um, uh, uh, usually they don't have uh, you hold them up in their they're very clear. That's why they're called diamonds, and, and, and uh, jewelry is made from quite a bit. Uh, sometimes you hold them up, and so because of the prismatic refraction, optically they can be very pure, and uh, they're very hard. It's a very hard quartz, and uh, it's uh, used a lot for attunement and alignment. If uh, you're working with a person spiritually. Uh, psychically or energetically and you feel like you can't quite get an attunement with them uh, the Herkimer diamond is very good for that uh, a lot of quartz is the Herkimer diamond is considered very good for that because quartz you know transmutes en energy it can store energy remember energy transmit energy and uh, uh, transmute it and the Herkimer diamond is especially good for that if you're out of sync it can bring you back into alignment um, a lot of people think it's good to use anyway before you uh, do any kind of uh, work, energy work with stones. You just use it to bring yourself into attunement. Um, it's sort of like a tuning fork. You just use it to bring your vibrations into alignment with uh, whoever or whatever you're working with. So uh, it's also a... Um, a bonding stone. You and another person can be linked with you. You both get close to it. You can touch it. You hold it. They hold it. It'll bring your energies in alignment. And no matter how far apart you are, 
there, there's a phase entanglement, you know, like the uh, quantum experiment. No matter how far apart you are, your uh, alignment will stay, your connection will stay. So this is very, very useful. It's quite a bit environments, uh, and uh, it can be be uh, handy around a disharmonious environment. If you have a workplace or a uh, uh, any kind of group where uh, there's a lot of strong-willed people and everybody's going in different directions, uh, a few of these around can help bring harmony in that situation. So uh, if you're making an elixir from it, quartz it's hard it's not going to dust off or dissolve you can do a direct infusion method I usually don't um, with anything because you just don't know what's on it for one thing and uh, you don't want little pieces of it getting off accidentally um, I usually put it in a container of some sort and put the container in the elixir uh, allow it to infuse its qualities into the water and then add a few drops of brandy and add a few drops of brandy <laughs> in, into me and uh, then uh, decant the elixir and use it for various purposes. You can anoint yourself with it. You can anoint your stones with it. You can anoint your environment with it. Um, you can anoint your crystal grids with it and your magical tools. Um, I have uh, experimented with crystal elixirs and Bach flower for the water Bach flower remedies, and uh, I'll uh, I'll discuss that right now. It's very interesting to combine uh, crystal energized water and Bach flower remedies. It's very interesting, and we'll talk more about that some other time. Herkimer quartz. Um, we were talking about. I'm slipping lower and lower in my chair. And, uh, I think my micro my microphone. Uh, I have a boom mic. You know, I actually have a little studio set up here in my office, and I have a boom mic. And I the let me tighten the screw here. The arm is uh, slipping down, and it slips down. I'm slipping down in my chair to stay parallel to it, and just uh, slide off into the floor. This is uh, oh my goodness, this is crazy. It's just amazing. It is just amazing. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself when you talk a lot on uh well in any, in any environment i guess i guess you probably know uh, you talk a lot you uh you disclose you just uh, there's a type of logaria if you're on the radio or uh, public speaking or anything stuff slips out and i suppose if I went back and listened to these shows I might be shocked at the uh, and appalled, even appalled. I would be in a state of uh, appalation um, at some of the personal disclosures I have uh, leaked out during this episode. Talking about new thought and how it was applied by Mr. Conlon to crystal ball work. Um, we uh, we talk about going into the silence, which was a technique favored by the New Thought people, and it's not a, a passive state of not thinking. You can achieve a blank state fairly easily. Uh, a lot of people who tell me about meditation, they say, I have trouble making my mind blank. Well, you don't make your mind blank in meditation. Rather, fix your mind on one thing. And that itself is very hard. Uh, many times in meditation, uh, you have mantra. Uh, even if that mantra is a single syllable like om, om, or you may find a point in front of you uh, on the wall, a spot on the wall or a spot in front of you. Your eyes are very, in most meditation, your eyes are not closed. Your eyes are open uh, in a relaxed state, about half open, and you're focused on something. Sometimes you can focus um, on, a, you put a, a, a light line so it casts shadow. You never focus on the flame of a candle when you do candle meditation, by the way. That can very damaging for your eyes. You put the candle behind you and let the the light go over your shoulder and cast uh, a shadow or cast a reflection and focus on that. There, uh, there, there are things, cloud meditation, where you, uh, you focus clouds and try to push them apart with your concentration. Uh, water meditation, where you focus on running water, uh, many, many types. So uh, there's a difference between meditating on some specific wholesome quality even 
and going into the silence. Uh, going into the silence was entering a state where there's nothing in your mind except the goal that you're projecting. Uh, it would be like being in a silent room and there's you can hear a pin drop. Ding. And that pin dropping, ding, is the goal you're trying to project. In a silent room, a pin drop is very loud. It goes boom, 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 boom. So in the silence, you can be consciously perceptive mentally passive or actively project spiritual or material quality such as goodness, compassion, love, prosperity. You can do this either toward a specific individual or toward everything and all beings in general. And when you are in the Crystal Silence League, we uh, some of us three times a day. I, I don't do it every day three times. I'll, I'll at least once and sometimes twice and uh, three times a day. We will take a large crystal ball and project to the entire world and to every sentient being in the universe lots of health. And this is what Mr. Collin called the daily method. We do this every day. Many of us will print out uh, prayers from the page uh, of the Crystal Silence League and put them under a crystal ball on our altar. So during meditation, the mind is usually focused on some object meditation, even if that object is the mind itself. And during meditation, one will observe mental states arise and fall. And um, um, without commentary or judgment, and that's very important in meditation, you, you don't judge what arises in your mind. Oh, that's an awful thought, you know, or that's a boring thought. You, you observe. Uh, as the Buddha said, if you're focusing on your breath, which is a form of meditation called Anapanasati. If you, if you take in a long breath, you observe long breath. If you let out a short breath, you observe short breath. If your nose whistles, you observe no But you don't comment upon it. You don't judge it. And when mental states arise in your mind, and in meditation, all sorts of junk gets jarred loose in your mind, you observe it. You don't suppress it. You observe it. If ugly thoughts toward another person arises, you don't, don't judge. You observe it. You look, why did this happen? That's meditation. None of this is going into the silence. Going into the silence is very similar to meditation, except rather than contemplating an object of meditation. And this is either receptive or projective, and you make it your reality. You dwell in this place in a creative state, in the place of cause, your creation. If you're focusing on the spiritual realm of love, if you're spiritual realm of prosperity, you think, you feel, and you act, you've already achieved the object of your desire, and you project this quality toward your target. And if your target is yourself, You'll project it out into the universe, link it to the corresponding thought that has been projected into the universe since the beginning of time. These are called vortexes of thought. William Walker Atkinson wrote quite a bit about these vortexes of thought. Thought, Similar thoughts will attract together. You will project this thought of love out and let it link to similar vortexes of thought, great whirlwinds of thought link create reality the mind of the universe is a is a giant network thought you link into that and then you attract it back to yourself this is not theory this is reality and those who have learned to master this truly can create a reality around them and gain what they want. We're not talking about law of attraction or not merely law of attraction. Law of attraction is correspondence uh, um, and there is a limited, a limited returns to some of this that we'll talk about in a little bit. So what you bring into the silence is what you're going to send out in projection. What's sent out will ultimately manifest in the realm of material reality. And we should take it seriously. You can change reality. You will 
change reality. So what will happen, and this is not a metaphor, is that reality around you will change. The, the law is internal states manifest as internal reality. And when this occurs, it's, it's very surprising. What you dwell on most of the time will usually occur. So if you bring doubt into the silence, if you think, well, I'll try these things for a little while and see what happens, you know, I'm not expecting much. If you send doubt out, doubt's what you're going to get back. So I'll give you an example um, about why this experience of the silence is very important. Um, sometimes our minds are filled with very unpleasant thoughts. And sometimes our bodies are filled with unpleasant feelings. And uh, when you're not currently involved in a satisfying romantic which is very uh, a very common example, um, and sometimes even when we are, unfortunately, we may feel lonely, or sad, depressed, anxious, frustrated, and bored. Lots of different uh, lots of different feelings that are uh, commonly called ne negative. And if we don't have enough money to make ends meet, we may be anxious and panicky. These disturbing feelings can be dealt with by bringing them into meditation. And in meditation, these feelings become objects of non-judgmental scrutiny. And we can either obsess over these feelings or we can see them as temporary mental states over which we can exercise control. And once we realize that we have control over these feelings, they no longer control us. And we're in a much better frame of mind to make decisions about how to deal with the corresponding reality. And that's how meditation is very useful for controlling disturbing emotions. Meditation is not just something you use, uh, you know, the hippies use to uh, be mellow. It's a very useful tool for making a link between your emotions, your thoughts, and reality. And what you project, you'll surely receive. That's the true law of attraction. Not what um, salesmen like to peddle to you, which is a very limited application, has a very short lifespan. And what happens in the silence of your mind, plant the seed that will sprout either flowers or weeds in your reality. And if you bring joy into the silence, joy will come to you. If you bring anxiety and loneliness into the silence, anxiety and loneliness is what you'll project. And, that's what, and what you project will come back to you. It will come knocking at your door. So don't bring anything into the silence that you don't want showing up later. And so before going into the silence, uh, a period of meditation is very useful uh, during which you banish or deal with all feelings and thoughts of fear, all thoughts of poverty, all anxieties concerning money or love or self-doubt from your being. And meditation before a projection or reception session is, is very useful. And you use simple affirmations to create a mind state of love or confidence or prosperity, social justice, and then you enter the state where this is true. You make it a reality in your mind. Internal states manifest externally. So you take this desired object out of mind space and bring it into heart space to use corpus. And you won't get results by chanting affirmations and staring into a crystal. This doesn't work. You won't get results by saying, uh, I'm, I'm happy and I'm positive and I, I'm loved and staring into a crystal. It work. You have to really believe it. Doubt will kill you in this kind of work. Intellectual effort won't sustain the, the power and the force of belief necessary for successful projective work. You have to enter the space of pure spirit and dwell there, make it your home. And rather than trying to think or reason your way through to success, surely do all, do all the reasoning and thinking you need to do before you go into it. Don't try to think your way through the silence. Bypass all that mental chatter and go straight to the source of pure experience. If you're sending forth love, don't think about love. Be love and radiate it like you're on fire with it. Napoleon Hill spoke about this. He said, 
if you want to be rich, be on fire with desire for it. If you're attracting prosperity, don't wish for it. You have to find the realm of infinite prosperity that exists in yourself and go into it and use that ferocious power to reach out and draw more of it into you. And over the course of time, this work will build a cumulative effect on reality. Reality is very heavy. There's a lot of weight. It's hard to move it. And reality fights back. Reality does not like to be changed. And people who've tried to change reality in very big ways, reality is pushed back on them. And mental states do express themselves in daily life. Our minds become protected from unhealthy or negative influences. Luck will improve. Prosperity increases. will attract better friends and lovers. Social justice starts to manifest around us. Reality literally changes around us. And this is magic. This is what magic is. Reality being changed by will. Now, I'll tell you that sometimes when I talk about this, uh, people say, well, is this right? What are the moral implications of this? Well, you know, using silent influence on people and uh, moving things around and, and stuff. Well, when you're exercising silent influence on other people, you are secretly commanding them to obey your will. But there's another law that supersedes everything, and this is the law of karma. And if you will your employer to treat you as you deserve, if you're being wronged by your employer and you will him to treat you as you deserve in a just and fair manner and give you the raise that you've earned, you're balancing the scales. If you will your husband or your wife or lover to act in a loving manner as they should, to breach the emotional barriers that, that should not be there to begin with, it's proper. It does take wisdom. There's no blame there. Wholesome thoughts are beneficial and are readily accepted by the universal mind. Unwholesome thoughts have consequences. If you will someone to cheat, lie, or steal on behalf, to leave their spouse and commit adultery with you, if you any other action that you know is wrong, then you'll reap what you know. Your evil deeds will come back to you. Evil thoughts are destructive. They tear away at the harmonious fabric of society and reality, and reality will resist them. And look at history and see for yourself how evil people of great power have used projection and silent influence to get this power, but have paid in bitter coin for these destructive letter legacies. Let's take a station identification and uh, we'll return in a moment. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Congerman Holly. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. Well, we're back, and we're talking about projection and uh, reception and how to get the things you want in life without doing uh, harm, and two cognitive operations practiced by new thought adepts were projection and reception. Projection is based on the theory that your thoughts can be focused and sent out to influence people in events, and reception is the flip side of that coin based on the theory that your mind attracts and is affected by the fruits of your own and other individuals projections so mr. Conlon our founder and teacher taught members of the crystal science league how to do both projection and reception with the assistance of crystal balls and uh, we'll take a closer look at that and, uh, later on in future shows uh, when we go in depth in the four branches of uh, uh, considerably in depth and we looked at how uh, different color crystal balls are used for different work, like green is used for prosperity, 
because of our association that money is green, uh, not in every country, but it can be, uh, how we use pink or uh, red for passion and love and how we use uh, purple for uh, work and healing. We use amber for personal healing. Um, so I'd like to talk to you now about uh, something called the astral tube, which is a technique that Mr. Conlon mentions in crystals and crystal gazing, which the occult practitioners uh, have used to call upon to uh, help visualize their target. And uh, this was practiced a lot by occultists or uh, Mr. Conlon appeared upon the scene, and you'll find many uh, books on occultic technique that go back. Oh, God. Uh, I've seen it in books written in the early 1800s. I'm sure it goes back to the dawn of history, but the idea is that you invent a tube about a foot in diameter between you and your target through which you can see them. And your end of the tube extends from your crystal ball. And this was how Mr. Conlon taught it with a crystal ball. You peer through the ball like it's a telescope at your target, and you send your projections. And if you're working with a three- or four-inch ball, you would hold it between your cut hands and peer through it like a lens. And if you're using a smaller ball, you place it inside your curled index finger and thumb and hold it to your eye like a telescope. Mr. Conlon left that. He did not go into great detail about it. He left it to the student to find out more information about the astral tube because this is a very potent technique. And I think that he wrote a lot between the lines. He lets you uh, figure it out on your own if you became advanced enough to use some of these techniques. Uh, I can suggest that you go a bit further with this astral tube after a lot of research. Once you've established visual contact with your target, you can widen the tube into an actual tunnel, walk through it astrally, and stand facing the target. And you place the ball between you, forehead to forehead, basically connecting your third eyes, right? And project your codes directly into their head. And similar to the astral tube was a technique called the silver cord, which was another old mind reader's technique. And in this case, you leave your body and you travel into astral space connected to yourself only by a silver cord. And guided by the light of your crystal, you can visit people in their homes, especially while they sleep, and project mental codes into their mind. And when you're finished, you reel yourself back in along the silver cord until you're once again in your body. According to the practitioners of this technique, you had to be very careful not to snap that cord or let it get cut. Because if you did, you would lose contact with your body and not be able to find your way back. And eventually your body would waste away and die. Now, on the subject, this is um, the um, getting into people's heads. There is a secret technique that I was, re I was really reluctant to talk about this. Um, um, when I wrote my book, Crystal Magic, and um, it's, it's a hidden secret. I have called it um, the insidious hidden secret of mind reading. And um, the secret is, oh gosh, well, Mr. Collin wrote about it by omission. It's between the lines. And if you look for it, um, you can find it. Um, it's so subtle and so potentially powerful that when you begin to realize what he's hinting at, it's in the um, inner, uh, inner Secrets of Psychology series. You really can't believe such a thing is possible. But what he was suggesting was that you push a mental projection far past the point of merely sending a code to your target. Mr. Conlon hints often have conversation with him. And during this conversation, now understand Mr. Conlon studied things like hypnosis, uh, persuasion, and uh, he watched some of the best hypnotists of his time work. So um, during this conversation, which happens on the actual plane, 
you have a mental conversation with the person and ask them, literally ask them, what is required to obtain the specific goal and desire? You ask them, what is it I need to do, what I want from you? What will it take? And it's kind of like what salesmen, uh, you know, there's a sales technique where you say, the salesman will say, uh, if I can do this, will you buy the product, will you buy the car or whatever? What will it take to make this deal work? You do this on a subconscious level on the astral plane, even while the person is asleep. So you ask the target what's required to obtain what you want from them. So you probe their mind for the secret information you need to get your success. A mental interrogation. So just if you think about this and let it sink in, you can understand the secret of success of many people who rose to great power very quickly. You say, how did they do that? How did they know to be in the right place at the right time? How did someone get to be chancellor of Germany from being a nobody? Uh, how did somebody rise to be emperor of Rome from being a peasant? Uh, you know, they, what do I need to do to get this promotion? Who do I need to get out of the way to get this? Let's say you have a job interview with Mr. Smith in a couple of days, and you're competing with five other people for the position, and you know they're equally qualified. You know, you, you not this. It might be between you and another person. So you've completed your mental projection. You've done this work. You said, you know, you've contacted Mr. Smith and said, you know, I'm the man for the job. You've done the code. You know, you should hire me. I'm the guy. You don't think it's enough, though. So you do this mind-to-mind -mind contact. You really push this until you're in direct contact with him, and you ask him, what will it take to ensure this position? What specifically will I need to say to you anything to do with the job he might like to golf you know, and, um, you know he might say well you know um, I'm looking for somebody that um, will be really good in our golf tournament and uh, you know will help us win the golf tournament against you know those suckers over at uh, chemical um, at which point you know well I'm not very good at golf but by the time I, I could learn you know and you, you look you know, you, uh, you say, uh, well, I couldn't help but notice that you guys were really close to getting uh, up on the company. You were really close to beating Plymouth Chemical. And, you know, that reminds me of a story, and you tell them a golf joke, and, you know, you're in. Because it's really funny some of the things will get you a job and may not have anything to do with your qualifications. Um, so Mr. Smith might answer, I'm looking for someone who's not afraid to disagree with me if necessary. Um I'm looking for someone who will challenge me, but he may just say, you know, I'm looking for somebody that um, will loosen up around here. I'm looking for somebody who everybody's so serious and always got their nose. I'm looking for somebody who will open up a little bit and um, bring a out-of-the-box kind of attitude. And so, you know, you come in and say, okay, there it is. So, so say your goal is to win the heart of your true love, but, you know, he or she might have issues from a past relationship that prevent them opening their heart. So you send your codes as usual. We say, you know, my love, let's be together. To be, your heart and mine are one. But you can tell the person really wants to be with you, but they have these issues they can't get by. So you apply these deeper techniques, and you go into his mind. You go into her mind and invite a conversation. You've got to be very careful with this kind of thing. If you feel resistance, if you think you're pushing too hard, you back off. You never psychic rape. And that's what it would be. It would be psychic rape. If you do these techniques, this is why I was very reluctant to discuss them. They're there, you know, they're they're there. They need to be discussed and, and thought about. Um, someone wrote a review of this book, by the way, and said they felt that these it was immoral. And I even said that you have to, there's questionable morality about some of these things, and uh, you have to be careful with some of them. So, um, you know, if you're the person you love accepts this conversation. And you can tell, you can tell. Um, you have to embrace embrace with all your love. You have to be very loving about this. And uh, you know, tell him or her how much you love him. You, you would never hurt them. How precious he is. And you ask him, how can I help you get over these things that happened to you in the past? And you'd be very surprised at how, how a person will disclose to you uh, soul to soul, astral 
to astral that they cannot say in words. And I'll tell you that he only, Mr. Conlon only hints at these techniques. He never explains how to do it. But if you've truly mastered silent influence, find it just takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of practice to go to this other area. And if you do spell work, uh, if you do spiritual ceremonies, prayer ceremonies, you'll find that this can really push your work over the edge. Now, is it right? Uh, it depends. There's dishonor in being prosperous and successful. No dishonor in it. Jesus even said that. Uh, Buddha said there's no honor in poverty. Uh, no one ever said you have to be poor to be spiritual. But you cannot love money. You can't worship money. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being prosperous. Nothing wrong with paying your bills. Nothing wrong with having a little bit of money. But And there's no nobility in poverty. You can't have peace of mind and spiritual contentment while you're struggling with basic survival. But greed and lust are not noble. And power hunger leads to really bad consequences for everybody. But it's possible to be prosperous while retaining compassion. It's possible to be prosperous and still be generous. It's possible without stabbing people in the back. It's possible to be narcissists. And remember, the universe fills beautiful things, and many of those things are going to. They have your name on it, and it's okay to ask those. It's not a sin to go after them. If something belongs to you, it's yours. And a great deal of my philosophy is that things don't. And if you're trying to hold on to things that don't belong to you, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. And if these things you're trying to hold on to are people and they don't belong with you, there's going to be misery and conflict. But if you go after what belongs to you and belongs with you, it's easy. It's harmonious. It comes to you naturally. And mankind right now in charge of the earth because we're more <laughs> cunning and clever uh, the primates. Um, we, we were able to out-climb or out-think predators that tried to eat us. Now, this could be either by divine providence or evolution. That's how we got here, and we've been very good at defending our position. We're getting a little cocky with it, though, and I don't know how long we're going to be able to maintain this position um, before we blow the planet up. But silent influence, along with other psychic skills, seems to be a latent ability we all have. Most, most I've read some people who who didn't seem to, but um, uh, I guess like some people can't do math, and you know some people can't draw a picture. Um, but it's like we all have some kind of latent astral ability. Um, so we can either choose to nurture this ability or leave it lying dormant in the realm of potentiality. And people will never bother to learn how to do this or learn to do it well. Um, most people are going to live, uh, like Thoreau said, in lives of quiet desperation. But a, a very small number will realize this potential. Mr. Conlon did. And they'll take control of their situation. And some of these individuals are good-hearted, ethical human beings. But some are not. And if you're worried about the ethics of using every bit of your power to claim what's already yours. Just remember that there is a divine mind. There's a spirit, a universal spirit, that has a way of dealing with those who deal unjustly with their fellow beings. The playing field gets pulled in the long run. Sometimes it takes a while. But there is justice. So you should claim your share and enjoy it to the fullest. If you believe in God, I believe in God, God should be happy and prosperous and healthy. God doesn't want you to be miserable and poor, groveling and struggling. So claim your share and bring it to you and share it. So we've uh, almost made it to the, uh, what's the, what is the third branch, which is the deceptive branch, induction and receiving. And, um, God, we only have about five minutes, don't we? Um, so I'm going to tell you that 
once you've learned to project and you've learned to do silent influence, reception comes naturally. All you do is relax and it snaps back into you. But pa pastors and members of the Crystal Silence League create affirmative projections via our crystals, uh, sometimes three times a day, morning, afternoon, and night. And Mr. Conlon used to call these tonics, T-O-N-I-C-S, tonics. And anybody can receive them. Um, you simply enter a receptive state and allow these waves to flood in. But in addition to these um, uh, invigorating affirmations from the League, there's an infinite storehouse of power waiting for all of us to claim it. And the power of the crystal reception reached its fullest potential at this point. So if you can imagine this ocean of pure power whose reserves you can tap to sustain you when you're tired. It can infuse stamina into your works, bring prosperous attraction to your every decision, and endow you with love and success. That's what we're talking about. And this power flows from the universe itself, which is the collective mind of all conscious beings, past and present, and it's inexhaustible. And by mastering this technique of induction, or receiving, you can tap all of you want from it and never ever diminish it. Now, some reception will happen automatically. That's as projected must be received. And once you've lost a projection, your mind will anticipate receiving that which you've asked. That anticipation, that state of anticipation, um, creates an attractive force for reception. So if you send thoughts of love, those very thoughts become objects of attraction. You'll automatically attract love toward you like a magnet will attract a paperclip. But what if you didn't send a projection toward a person or a physical object? It doesn't matter. You can still receive an abundance of prosperity, courage, love, forgiveness, healing, or anything you ask for, the divine mind itself. Every thought possible exists in the divine mind. That's the boundless source of power that we're talking about. And reception, just projection, takes practice. And receiving is a passive state, but it's not a state of surrender. It requires a state of alert awareness. I, I think joyful anticipation, something wonderful is about to happen. The best description I can give you is to enter a state of joyful anticipation, as if you're about to meet the most important person in the world, or you're about to receive a wonderful gift, this is something you've waited for all your life that will automatically create a state of anticipation. The preparation for receptive attraction is much the same as for projection. The mind has to be cleared of doubt or any other obstructive thoughts. First, you enter the silence. Then you find the spiritual realm of your desire. It could be love or prosperity, work, ideal job, redemption, confidence, courage, health. There's no limit. The divine mind has no limit of what you can ask of it. You know, for love, you'd enter the spiritual realm of receiving love. You find a place within you that experiences that really joyful anticipation when you're about to be reunited with someone you love. And then the sense of anticipation, the sense of union, creates that magnetism. It's about time for us to wind down. I hope I've created a sense of anticipation for you, uh, we've been kind of going on a two-week schedule. I'm really sorry about that. We'll try to do better. But, you know, if we don't, I'll see you either next week or next week. The Reverend loves you. We'll see you next week. Lambs of 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.